Hold up, I ain't trying to stump, man. But the Yeezys jumped over the jump, man. I be in and out of penis like I'm Scotty Pippen. Left my elbow in the pot, I la Vince Carter. Bitch, you weren't with me shooting in the gym. James Harden with the range on me, nigga, way back. Ghost, they won't knock me off my pivot, forget it. Been flowing stupid since Vince Carter was on some through the legs, arm and a hoop shit. And you can live through anything if magic made it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you do. Lovers, lovers, lovers of the association. What up? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. There's a lot going on around the league. Let's get to it. Now, the NBA, you know, we should all know this is an image-based league. And some of the accusations that's going on with Ja Morant is crazy. Now, we all know some of the, you know, social media antics, you know, the celebrations, some of the rappers he's hanging around with and some of the lingo he uses. We all know it's part of the culture. But, you know, at the end of the day, the NBA is an image-based league that's sponsored by a lot of corporate money and private investors. So it's a very image-conscious league. And Ja Morant is not the first superstar that kind of, you know, in a way got into a few different controversies early in his career. You know, he's still early in his career, but he reminds me of Melo. Melo in his second year in the league, he got caught up in a few incidents. He was in a music video when he went back to his neighborhood, they filmed him and then they put it on a stop snitching police video, like music video, where it's like about stop snitching on cops. And Melo just got caught up in that by accident. And then he went through the airport with a bag of weed by accident, but it was one of his teammates bag or an another friends of his in his entourage. That was their bag, but he accidentally went through airport security with that bag so Melo had a few you know off the court incidents and then on the court you know that same type of energy it trickled over onto the court because he got into a fight at Madison Square Garden and the NBA commissioner at the time of David Stern he was much more harsh and Melo right here is going to show you what Jean Morant is going through and Jean Morant needs to wake up because the league they, they're almost like the feds they're almost like the fbi they do have surveillance they know where you hanging out who you hanging out with where where does all your crew live where do you live what do you do off the court it's not a game out here man and john moran is gonna get his wake-up call but let's check out what Melo had to say about it anyway long story short david stern suspend me out of everybody 15 games everybody else got like six games seven games shit like that and I go speak to him, like, why you why you do me like that? Let me tell you. Man, you're rap. And, and Melo's gonna refer to the fight that he had in Master Square Garden. This is after all his off-the-court antics, especially in his sophomore year in the NBA. Once again, he got caught up in that stop, stop stitching video, and then he got caught going through the airport with a, I think an ounce of weed or whatever. It was a large amount of weed, and he got stopped at the airport because of it. And remember, he's one of the figureheads of the league especially coming up for the young generation with LeBron James at the time. Why you do me like that? Let me tell you. Man, your rap sheet. A rap sheet? Man, look, NBA rap sheet. And going back to Ja Morant, Ja Morant, this season off the court, he kind of has a rap sheet. Allegedly, somebody accused him of, you know, running down on them and punching them or, you know, physically touching them. You know, he kind of has a long rap sheet. And now this situation with the... With the laser pointing, it's like, whoa, you know, now we in the NBA arena, you're bringing this energy on around the league. It's kind of off, but 
pay attention. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. NBA shit. You want to be in the streets or you want to be in the NBA? Mm -hmm. This is what he told you. This is what he, in his office. You want to be in the streets or you want to be in the NBA? You fucking with a corporation now. Yeah, you're doing stop you're snitching. You're going to leave. You're going to leave. You're going to leave that alone. I know who you with. I know where you live at. I know where they live at. I know when you close your eyes. I know when you work when you wake up. Damn. I'm like, you know, and I know what they doing. He's telling me, I know what I know what they doing. And it's the same thing applies to some of Jean Morant's friends. Whoever was in that car, best believe the league knows about all of them. There's facial recognition in these in these arenas. So all of them, they know who they are, what they're doing. And we're gonna correlate this to, you know, even though Melo, you know, played in the league back in like 2002 when he was new, this this same rule still applies today. As later on, we're gonna see with DeJounte Murray. Either tell them to stop or you gotta cut them off. And I'm like, damn, like how the fuck? Like, that's when I knew NBA was part of the feds. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's they, when I they knew. got him in there. And, 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 and the he, little one and he with told the little me, four or five. He told me, he was just like, <laughs> man, he said, I gotta, I gotta make an I gotta make an example out of you. I gotta make you, I gotta make an example out of you. And they definitely made an example out of Jean Morant by leaking out that story, even though they didn't find out anything. The fact that these accusations coming from people who work in the NBA, at the end of the day, the coaches from the Pacers and the personnel, they're part of the league. So if they feel like they were on NBA property and there were laser beams being pointed at them, yes, yeah, that's, that's a big accusation right there. The league going to have to handle that. Damn. That's a fact. He said, I know everything. I know everything. But they do be knowing everything. I know where, I know your whole business. crew. I know who's doing what. You're the best investigators ever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, now, you, I get it. I get it. If you if you giving me if I'm giving you, you All know, a hundred million, I, I need to know everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and then that was I didn't understand that at that point in time. And I don't think Jean Morant understands it even now, but he's starting to understand. Because once again, you know, <laughs> it's an image-based league. All those guys you're hanging around with, you know, just for you to have that type of accusation on you is crazy. Forget that you were found innocent. He needs to get over that. Even though the league didn't find anything, you know, liable for to suspend Jean Morant, he needs to get over that part. The fact that your name was associated with somebody pointing lasers, you know, in an NBA arena is not good. It took me to be over, get older, get wiser, to be like, damn, that, that motherfucker made sense. Facts. David Stern was very blunt. And, you know, Adam Silver, I know he's lighter on the players, but these same rules still apply. Adam Silver, you know, he's all friendly in person, but... He's still living by these same rules, as you're going to see DeJounte Murray speak about it. Like, what, three months? And I worked out. I didn't even go to the combine. I worked out for seven, six, seven teams. All them teams promised me. Majority of them, they all promised, like, and they was like, don't go to combine. Rich was like, I don't think it's a good idea to go to combine just from the information he had. And the thing about me, that bothers me to today and show me the business of it, but how cutthroat this is, like. And once again, Jamal Murray, for those of you who don't know his background, he went to juvenile quite a few times all through his youth. And um, the league definitely did a checkup on him. I was honest with him. They went, the information they was going to get on me, the league, they went everywhere, as you guys know. They went everywhere. They went to middle schools, high schools, janitors, juveniles. You know what I'm saying? Random people. I had so many random people come up to me like... Now, hold on a second. They didn't go everywhere to get information. They already had the information. They went everywhere to verify the information. There's a difference. How did they know where to go? That's because they already had the information. They know where to get it. 
yo, they came up to me, the janitor at UW. Mm. When I made it and came back to go work out, he like, they came and they're asking me like, did I, did you ever disrespect? Did he ever disrespect you? Uh, was he mean? Was he nice with what, you know what I mean? Like, so that's when I start realizing that it's really federal. They really <laughs> investigate. Real. Nah, you know what I'm saying? So when, when, when I get to Cleveland stuff, you know, I work out for them teams. Interviews always smooth. They always blown away like, yeah, he got the work ethic. He just needed a chance. Great person. And he was honest. Because they asked me. Obviously, I ain't speaking on a lot, but you ask me certain things like, you know, I'm telling y'all what y'all need to know. Right. You don't need to know what you don't need to know. But it's like I was honest with my upbringing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was honest about everything. They asked him, you was in juvenile four times? Yes, I was. You know what I mean? Just honest about everything. And I just remember the majority of them like, oh, we picking you. Mm -hmm. Whether it was nine, Milwaukee 10, 11, 12, all the way to 14. And the only thing with them promising Murray that they're going to pick him is that teams, you know, it's, it's a dirty game. During the draft, there's a lot of misinformation, trying to have teams look in different directions as other teams try to slither their way into drafting certain players. And they're going to play him very dirty. So we get to the draft. I'm, I brought everybody to New York. Dudes that ain't even been on the plane before. They in New York. And best believe, the league know, knew, already knew, who these guys were, you know, what kind of rap sheet they had and what kind of background they're coming from. They knew everything about those guys, just like how Melo said. And it applies to the same guys that was in that car in front of Jean Morant's car or whatever crew he's hanging around with bringing to the games. They already know who these people are. So we in my room, I'm getting dressed and a lot of weird things start happening, bro. Like I I'm getting calls now like, Yo, the feds is the feds is looking at a lot of people uh, in his entourage. Yeah, there we go. We tying up with, with what Melo had said before. <laughs> Melo said they already knew who everybody else hanging around with, where they lived at, what they did. You guys seeing how it plays out? The league still follows the same protocols. The NBA is an image-based league. Bro, this is what a team's calling. I ain't gonna say their name, but a team call like. The feds is looking at his, a, a bunch of people in his entourage. I'm like, huh? Then a lot of weird other stuff start happening. So now I'm looking at Rich like, we ain't even got to the table yet. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even, I'm still getting dressed, smiling, playing music. And we 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 getting ready to get to, to the green room. And when we get to the green room, now a lot of weird stuff start happening, bro. Like, a lot of teams start texting Rich like, Oh, his background. Oh, he was in the game. Oh, this. Like the stuff I seen, and somebody did some foul, some foul, foul business, bro. And like, both of y'all gonna be disappointed when I tell you off record, like what they did, you feel mm -hmm. me? Like they did some foul business, bro, that spread it. Rest in peace, Paul Allen. Told him something, spread it around the whole league. Like, and it wasn't something they already didn't know. It's just like that person was like, trying to stop me from making it. I don't know if they... Now, I don't, I don't necessarily believe it was that. I, I really believe that person was spreading information around to throw certain teams off from drafting you. So another team that was way behind the Spurs could draft you. They do that a lot in the league. Seeing me as a threat, seeing me as whatever, but... We see, we see situations play out like that in the NFL, especially. It was like, man, we got to slow this down. Like, 
nah, let's spread this around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that shit hurt me because I love that person. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Like, I love that person, dog. People. That's the thing. That's, and that, that's even more weak. And that was, my, that was my process. So I'm sitting at the table. Mind you, San Antonio was, they all came to Cleveland to, to, to meet with me. San Antonio was trying to trade up for me. They had the 29th pick, yep. but knowing the information that they had from all the teams, like, he's not going past 15. So San Antonio told me, like, in the interview, like, we we can't let you go nowhere else but San Antonio. Like, we got to trade up to the lottery to get you. Like, we're about to do that. So I'm in the green room. I'm like, shit, I'm, I ain't even money. I don't care about going lottery, none of that. I'm I'm just, bro, I'm about to shake the commissioner's hand, bro. I'm about to get in. I'm about to get in the door. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I promise you, bro, like even people said I look mad at the draft. They don't know I was mad at text messages I was seeing that was spreading around the league. You know what I'm saying? That now, look at that. DeJounte Murray coming to the league with a rap sheet. Look at the hell he's going through. But Ja Morant has no rap sheet. And it's almost like he's... He's kind of, you know, hanging around that kind of energy. Trust me, he does not want that at all. Because DeJounte Murray is showing you right here that he went through hell trying to shake that type of energy off. That's what I was mad about. But do you not know that the hope that I gave my city, my neighborhood, my family, my brothers in prison, I got 30, 40 people that I talk to in prison to this day. You feel what I'm saying? And they get to see that, bro. Like, bro made it. I can get out of prison. You know what I'm saying? My family's like, bro made it. My mom, like, my son made it. No excuses. I could go be whatever I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Because they know I come from exactly where they come from. So it's like that process, bro, it was, it was a blessing. Like, at the end of the day, first round, 29th, and I didn't know a lot about it. Like, me going, the difference from me going what, 12 to 29 was money. That if you work hard, stay true to yourself, be a good person, you're going to make that money. You're going to make it back in the end. You get what I'm saying? That's facts. You definitely will. But as we've seen, DeJounte Murray, once again, his past, you know, he had to do a lot to shake that off. He had to actually prove himself in the league, you know, as it, as it affected his draft stock. Once again, with Jean Morant, you know, he's treading water, and we've seen superstars, you know, as we've seen from John Morant, he's treading water with this certain kind of energy that's that's not good for the league image-wise. And we've seen superstars before him, like Melo, deal with it, especially off that Allen Iverson tree. Allen Iverson was the first superstar that kind of, you know, lingered around that type of, you know, street energy. And the league definitely did not want him to be the face of the league at all. Even though most of the players were influenced by him, most of the, you know, kids in the league wore headbands, wore the sleeves. They never really officially made him the face of the league because of that kind of energy that, you know, he was hovering around him. And they had every right to because best believe all the money that's flowing into the league right now is because the league's image is very, you know, friendly for these corporations to, you know, throw all this sponsorship money into the league. But best believe if they if the league had that Allen Iverson kind of street energy, I don't think the money would be the same for sure. But Ja Morant, at the end of the day, he's going to have to, you know, buckle down and stay true to his craft. Him and his dad worked very hard to get 
to the position that they're at and there's no reason to welcome this type of energy there's a lot of money to be made and there's a lot of success at the road ahead as long as they stay on their path so it is what it is you know of course everyone talks about the lakers 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 but these are interesting times man especially after this trade deadline and in this new media climate where you know everyone kind of has a voice due to technology evolving with all these podcasts but we kind of got an insight with patrick beverly with this laker trade as he spoke about it but let me just say this before i get to it man oh man the lakers two out of the four years lebron has been there they missed the playoffs and now we're in february almost in march and they're still 13th place and there might be even an ad shakeup as things don't look all peachy over there i'm telling you what this is the first time i've seen the lakers trade in the lakers brand to make it the lebron brand i mean for a guy that only won one championship and made two playoff appearances it's, it's really strange but you know patrick beverly gave some insight to the trade is <laughs> in that is in that world um i feel like we're burying the lead a little bit you got traded unfortunate you think it's unfortunate um explain it to me trading is always difficult and uh i caught a vibe with the team it was cool it was cool it was cool i wish we would have won a lot more games obviously I wish we could, uh, why do you think you didn't well first before <laughs> before he get to that i could say this didn't lebron james request russell westbrook to be on the team I mean, you just have a lot of distractions. LeBron James is in movies. He's dancing, hip thrusting in Super Bowls while the Lakers having losing seasons. This is this is really strange. I've never seen the Lakers brand kind of, you know, have a lot of celebrate, you know, kind of have a lot of celebrations throughout losing. This is very unmamba like. But all I can say this also is that that clutch sports, man, it looks like they got a hold on the Lakers. There's a lot of media entities that come with LeBron James. This is this is a really strange situation for the Lakers. And this is the first time I've seen their brand almost go on the back burner over another player's brand. I don't know. It wasn't basketball. Hmm. It wasn't basketball. Very interesting. It was not basketball. The reason for the losing. One basketball. One basketball. It was other shit. But other shit that you really can't like pin and point out you know comes and goes you know, mm. a little bit here a little bit there so everything maybe just didn't click in the right way yeah just the vibes are sometimes on sometimes off and inconsistent vibes interesting the inconsistent play i think that the lakers fan base really loved you when it was all said and done yeah i mean they're lakers fan they uh you know you, you do something really good they fuck with you, you do something really bad they hate you i mean but you know, I think they like the way that you galvanized the team and made it more of a unit. I tried. I tried. I mean, I tried. I didn't, you know, things probably I could have been better at start the season and all that shit. But I, I, I tried. Like, what is it? Wasn't basketball. It wasn't basketball. And that's interesting. He repeated that once again. It wasn't basketball. It was the vibe. And in the beginning of that convo, he actually talked away from the mic. So, I mean, just his body language right now is just, it's like he doesn't really want to say too much. But it's very interesting because, once again, there's a lot of outside basketball entities that surround LeBron James. And we kind of got a sneak peek of it 
early on in 2012, 2013, in the Miami Heat days, where we seen Pat Riley, he did not allow the LeBron James team into the Miami Heat locker room. They even kind of, I don't want to say got into a scuffle, but what's his name? Uh, <laughs> he got checked. LeBron definitely got checked by, um, what's that guy in Miami, man? Uh, the guy that stayed getting contracts. What's his name? Oh, Udonis Haslam. Yeah, he let LeBron know that the Heat culture, it was only Heat players that were allowed in that locker room. And I would not be, you know, they didn't really elaborate who's trying to get in there, but there's a whole crew of people that surround LeBron. So when you get the LeBron James experience, you just don't get him. You get a sea of PR people, etc. Remember, he had the same PR person as Rachel Nichols when they had that little controversy, but no one didn't say anything. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. But I mean, most most of the time, you know, when like, shit ain't basketball. It's all you know, how much can you give to to the bank? Everybody, you know? Like Yeah. Everybody has to weigh in. Yeah. How did you find out? Um, I kind of felt it that day. Yeah. Interesting. He kind of felt it that way. One of the guys that puts in the most effort kind of felt the aura that he was going to go. It sounds like, you know, it's a franchise right now with a lot of secrecy. No one knows if the Laker franchise really controls what's going on. Or is it LeBron calling the shots? You know, it's it's it does not smell like a winning environment and it smells pretty toxic. As we've seen, it looks like Anthony Davis is beginning to check out of it. There's a lot that comes with the LeBron James experience. But what players should know off rip is that you're expendable. It's been like that in Cleveland and Miami. Well, Miami, Pat Riley was actually calling the shots. That's why LeBron left there. He was actually calling the shots of who stays on the team. Well, who's the coach, etc. Everywhere LeBron James is gone, the coaches had to get fired. You know, they had to change personnel. So it is what it is. The NBA All-Star game finds itself in a in a very unique situation because it's basically just turned into a, a, a long weekend promotional tool for the players and the league. That's pretty much it. Everybody's aware of it, including the NBA audience. And it just couldn't be more obvious more than just this year, man. These guys were not even trying at all. Not even like two or three possessions of serious defense. Not even. I mean, this year was even worse. But it's sort of like a tap dance right now going on with like all the players and their, you know, affiliated teams. Because best believe a lot of these franchises, especially with the championship being so wide open, they told their star players not to go hard. That's like the un, unspoken thing that's like not even being talked about. It's like you think the Bucks wanted Giannis to go hard after his the issue with his hand in the last game. Or, you know, you want Kyrie to go hard, you know, especially with, with the Mavericks just acquiring him from Brooklyn, knowing his injury history. Same thing with Luka, with all the mileage that he has, the way that, that they've been using him. So it's kind of like a square dance going on. It's like... Everybody's not saying nothing to each other among the stars, but, you know, behind closed doors, their franchises told them not to go hard at all during these games, not to risk injury at all. And, you know, it's funny because the league and the game stay evolving. A lot of the superstars today, their usage rates are going through the roof. So they're getting extra mileage on their legs. I mean, you could look at guys like Luka, the way the Mavs use him, Giannis. I mean, some of these superstars are just 
they're part of like every possession with their team so going into the all-star break i don't think their franchises at all want them to take the risk which we already all know this but it's like an un, unspoken thing among the players and it was pretty obvious this year that no one was even going to even attempt to go hard you know even when tatum and 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 and, and Jalen Brown was going one-on-one. -on -one. They were going one-on-one, -on -one, but they wasn't really going one-on-one. -on -one. It was kind of giving the fans a little a little light work, you know, a little a little light show. Nothing crazy. A little step back. You know, a little pretend defense. But once again, anything that's not evolving is dying. I think all the players and the franchises, they, they pretty much adapted really well to what this All-Star weekend really means. And it's just a promotional tool for the league the franchises and the star players so it is what it is and of course we're going to get a bunch of the old heads oh we played hard back in my day during the all-star game oh it used to be a competition yeah we understand but at the end of the day you guys weren't as valuable to your franchises as some of these guys are some of these guys carry the whole financial weight of their franchise if he gets hurt ticket sales go way down you know, sponsorship gets, you know, lowered completely because there's not as much interest. A lot of these guys financially, you know, their franchises are making a lot of money off of just one or two names on the team. So I would say the value of the player to their franchise that has has skyrocketed. I mean, everyone looks at how much the players are getting paid, but how much these franchises are banking off the, the players. I mean, look when LeBron went back to Cleveland. How the net worth of the Cavs just skyrocketed, like over 500 million on top. So the value to the players, to the franchises is a lot higher. So them saying, hey, don't go hard in this all-star game that doesn't even count. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a gray area because fans want to see competition. But I think the NBA all-star product has, has changed. It's definitely a promo tool. And it's more like celebrity and culturally more like you know i, I want to say it's, it's, it's more kind of influencing between both like they're trying to ride the coattails of maybe like a musical genre or a certain celebrity you know it's trying to be like culturally relevant and then at the same time ride like the, the gray area with being socially relevant in social media it's a complete different era so when you see guys like charles barkley and Start saying, oh, we went hard back in my... Yeah, but it's it's a complete different media landscape and just overall a different different era, man. It's just a different product. Everything is different. The money is a lot higher. So it is what it is. The NBA is going to have to find a nice little, I would say, neutral ground into trying to make the game at least somewhat competitive. Maybe put something on the line. But I like I like this year how they switched it up a little bit. You know, putting the um, the players picking who they wanted on their teams on national TV. It was a bit too long, but putting on national TV was a nice shakeup. But the league is still evolving. It's still changing. I like what Adam Silver is doing. He's open to change. He's open to trying new things to see what works. It's a, it's, it's a tough situation to be in, but it's good problems. It's good problems for the league because money is still coming in. Especially in 2025, when that tech money starts hitting that CBA, that money's going to double up. So figuring out what place the All-Star game has in the league is even going to be harder. But once again, it's good problems to have.
it's nothing that uh adam silver through trials and error can't figure out speaking of the cba <laughs> the league is gonna have to figure out these max contracts as we've seen this russell westbrook fiasco and including john wall just moving these guys around just been hell i mean john wall's out of his contract but still just that situation in houston was was not a good look for the league just having a guy who was able body ready to play just sit him out and pay him 50 mil it just it just wasn't a good look and russell westbrook just you know man there's a lot to say about russell because you can look at giving him the super max it made sense for oklahoma city because he was valuable to them just like damian lillard he's very valuable to portland but other teams outside of the you know outside of those franchises they might not value some of these guys the same and just moving their contracts around especially after injury it's just it's, it's real difficult and who knows after 2025 with this new cba they may find ways to put loopholes around these supermax contracts where teams could either pay guys out and just have a break they get like I don't know, sort of like an amnesty clause. They might get like two or three of them every like two or three years, or they may come up with some rule, but they got to do something about these supermax, these unmovable supermax contracts. Because once again, that John Wall situation and Russell Westbrook, it's just overall, it's just not a good look for the league. I mean, you have these guys that they've been promoting that are superstars or just stars in general, but then to see the treatment that they get Right after they get these contracts, you know, it looks a little funny in the light. I mean, the league for years have been running ads saying these guys are stars. Come see them play. And then all of a sudden, not even in a year span, you got these guys came and make a roster or they're unwanted by teams because teams are tanking or they traded for the play just to clear up cap space or it's just it creates a whole domino effect. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, one of the domino effects is having guys like John Wall and Russell Westbrook in free agency. That's kind of off. These guys were faces of franchises. Now, all of a sudden, they could team up with other guys to go after championships. As Russell Westbrook joining the Clippers. It's just, we're not saying that's going to be a, a good outcome for them. It doesn't mean that necessarily. It's just saying that it's, it's weird to find these guys in, sitting in a free agency pool. And it's just like, they're told... You know no team wants them but yet they're joining up with guys that are already kind of championship bound it's almost like creating a super team through free agency it's, it's 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 a lot of weird trickle down effects of this supermax the only player i've seen it really work out for is dame in portland because he's loyal to what they're doing and what they're building over there and of course you have guys like stephen curry which is supermax is always going to work out for players like that in good standing have good performance what about the supermax for players that are you know they're just stars they're not superstars but i don't know it's 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 a, it's a strange gray area like because they qualify for the same contracts but these contracts after a while they become unmovable and it creates like this awkward tension between the superstars and teams which affect the fan bases because how are you going to tell a fan base to come out, buy a jersey, support a team where they're kind of bailing out on their superstar, a guy that they promoted for years, 
paid promotion putting the development into it's kind of it's kind of a tricky sequence i think the league got to put in some clauses here in some of these deals to make like a smoother transition if a team pivots off a, a player that they you know give a super max to now what's interesting is that charles barkley talked about a kind of rite of passage for players like kevin durant to pass through to kind of sit at the table with the all-time greats now in the nba there are different levels to these tables and i kind of relate it to hip-hop in a way because there's, there's this always this imaginary crown who's the top guy every year guys like drake wore it guys like jay-z 50 cent little wayne kanye west there's this imaginary crown that gets passed over year to year and the same thing kind of applies here in the nba there's like these imaginary tables where the top of the top sit i mean if you look at point guards you can look at cp3 john stockton ai steve nash dame lillard that's an elite table right there but then there's another table where guys like jerry west sit isaiah thomas stephen curry magic johnson and you know there are other tables here you can look at the centers there's a table with dwight howard patrick ewing Jokic is sitting at that table now matumbo legendary centers like that but then there's another elite table on top of that where there's shaq bill russell hakeem kareem wilt chamberlain i mean going down the power forward list it's the same thing charles barkley sitting at the table carl malone chris weber but then there's another table you got guys like dirk nowinski tim duncan Giannis, kevin McHale, and then you could even relate it to the shooting guards which we've seen a plethora of shooting guards come into the NBA, but there is an elite table. But one of the tables below that is going to be Reggie Miller, T-Mac, James Harden, Drexler, Vince Carter. And that elite side of the table, oh my God, is of course Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and D. Wade. Very few could sit at these tables. And it's interesting that he brought up this analogy with Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant at small forward, the table he's trying to get to is with Larry Bird, LeBron James. That all-time small forward table of champions. And to get there, you know, it's going to take Kevin Durant to go through a rite of passage that we've seen Kobe Bryant go through when he defeated the Celtics without Shaq. And Durant is kind of in that realm right now where outside of Golden State, he's going to have to go up another level to, you know, get that call where they're like yo kevin come over here you get to sit at this table you and kd kind of have an interesting back and forth when you guys see each other in portion is it uh the, how, how is that situation a relationship or is there one he's always been cordial to me mm -hmm. i'm always going to be cordial to him he's taking some shots at me mm -hmm. and i've taken he see kd doesn't get uh okay so what i said was i said kd is a great great player he is a great, great player. He's sensitive, 100% sensitive. But what I said, and I stick by, I said, KD is a great, great player. But he's going to have to win a championship with Dr. Warriors to get the old head's respect. And I said, and I used the analogy, I said, Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest ever said, I had to win a championship without Shaq. And that is fact. That is fact. And at that table, Kobe Bryant sits now with Michael Jordan and D-Wade. 
in the modern era, there's only like three guys at the shooting guard position that led their teams to a championship. That's D Wade, Kobe, and Jordan. That's an elite table. That's an elite of elite. And if you look at the point guard table, Stephen Curry, he just joined that table when he defeated the Celtics last year. Where Isaiah Thomas, Jerry West, and Magic Johnson sitting at that table. He just got in that table. LeBron says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne and Chris. The rules are already there. Just because you don't want to follow the rules, <laughs> you can get mad and call me names. I'm just going to tell you, the way me and the old heads, and we talk about it, we're like, hey, KD's a great, he's a really great player. But he's going to have to win a championship before we put him up mm -hmm. here with these guys. And I said, I said, Kobe Bryant has said it. He said, hey, I had to win a championship without Shaq. It's just, I mean, it's just, just simple. KD, KD won a championship on his own. They, people just going to look at him different. Totally just, different. That's just how it is. And I said, and he can get mad. Mm -hmm. He can call me names and things. I said, hey, KD. I said, and LeBron, as much as I love LeBron, I said, yo, man, we ain't going to give you your flowers until you win one without Dwayne. Mm -hmm. I said, you join them and y'all won. And he said, he says, I had to win one without Dwayne. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, those are the rules. <laughs> and you can get mad when guys say it. I'm like, but those are the rules. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like my rules. Hey, I'm in the Hall of Fame, but I'm in a different wing than the guys who won the championship. Mm -hmm. And that is fact. That is fact. And that includes Giannis. Giannis gets to sit at that table with Tim Duncan and Dirk. Meanwhile, while Barkley sits in the table with, you know, Carl Malone, Chris Webber, you know, he's at that table. Those guys are elite, but there's a whole nother level above that. I, still in the I, Hall of Fame, though. I know, I, yeah, but I'm saying, though, Jack, hey, I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand the rules. Like, Charles are great. Carl Malone's great. Patrick Ewing's great. They're not at the table with Magic, Bird, LeBron, Kobe. It's levels to this shit. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm breaking it down by position, but there are levels, definitely, like you said, levels to it. There's guys that have been a part of championship teams, and there are guys who led championship teams. That's why I mentioned that table at the shooting guard position with Michael Jordan, D. Wade, and Kobe. In the modern era, it's only those three guys at that position that led their teams to a championship. And I ain't mad at that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Now, if I could have won a championship, I can go across the room. But the rules are the rules. <laughs> we don't, we <laughs> we have to play by the rules. And this yeah. ain't got nothing with motherfuckers on TV who get paid to talk shit. Mm -hmm. We talking about players. Right. We talking about players. We understand like, yeah, hey, I'm not at the table with Bird imagine those guys. Hey, yeah, am I a great player? Yes, I am. I understand that. But there are levels and there's tables mm -hmm. to this thing. Steph went up last year. Yeah. Yep. Like, he, he was already in the room. Mm -hmm. He got to come over. Like, Isaiah Thomas, he like, yeah, okay, Steph, come on over now. Yeah. And let's, let's not make no mistake. That's a hell of a table that he walked to. That's a hell of a table. Jerry West, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, he walked towards that table. I know in my lifetime, there's only a few players I've seen to walk to the tables. And that's Kobe Bryant in 08, when he defeated, no, yeah, in 08, when he defeated the Celtics. And that was uh, Stephen Curry last year, when he defeated the Celtics also. Yeah, come on <laughs> yeah. over now. I said like, okay, because AI, uh, Isaiah, 
John Stockton. Those are probably my bad. Let me make that correction. That was Kobe Bryant in 2010 when he defeated the Celtics. Oh wait, yeah, that was the first time around he lost. But Kobe Bryant definitely took took a step up to that legendary status when he defeated that team. Three best little guys mm -hmm. ever to play the game. Mm -hmm. And Steph was an all-time guy, but now he gets to move over like in the Isaiah category. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. So, man, but I, and I tell him, I say, but I don't mind these guys. Like, I, but see, the only thing I hate about, to be honest with you, these motherfuckers, especially KD, Kobe guys like that, I, I, they're all-time greats, but I, the only time I've ever got... Yeah, they are all-time greats, but like Barkley said, there are levels, and he alone, he hasn't made it to the elite level, like the top of the top table, but he is at a nice little table, and at least he respects it. And KD, these are the rules. Nobody makes them up. And like I said, I can compare it to hip-hop where there is an imaginary crown that gets passed over year to year. Certain guys carry it all the time from year to year, but that crown, is you always have to fight to keep it. And at least there are guys who used to wear the crown. And the same thing kind of applies here. There are elite tables and that center position. Oh my God, that table is elite of elite. You got Shaq, Bill Russell, Hakeem, Kareem, and Wilt. And then the guys that are sitting below that table are guys like Dwight, Ewing, Jokic just sat at that table. He just got there and Mutombo. You got guys like that. And then the power forward position, I mean, Jesus, I mean, Dirk, Duncan, Giannis, that's like the elite of that of that group. And then you got Barkley, Malone, C. Webb sitting outside of it. Guys like Amari Stoudemire is a little bit, you know, almost at that table, but there's definitely levels to it. Same thing for CP3. He's sitting at that table with John Stockton, AI, Steve Nash, Damian Lillard. But to go up another level, you know, it's guys like Stephen Curry that just left that table by defeating the Boston Celtics last year. So it is what it is. Hopefully Kevin Durant, you know, he had a little stumble in Brooklyn, but if he could make it up in Phoenix, he definitely could, you know, begin to make his way to that table. But Kevin Durant, make no, make no mistake about it. He is an elite of, of an elite, you know, all-time great, all-time talent. You know, this guy is unreal, but he's going to have to solidify his spot because everyone knew Kobe was nice but it's not until he got that championship you know that championship that everyone respects you know it's just that's when you get up to that next level because there was something about that Celtics series that we all knew was a battle but once Kobe got over that hill he pretty much solidified himself so it is what it is and I want to stick Kevin Durant for a moment here especially after this Russell Westbrook trade, because now we're, we're reaching to a pivotal point where we have to re-examine his decision-making to leave OKC, because now it's starting to make a lot more sense now that everyone, you know, could play Monday morning quarterback. We see Russell Westbrook, it didn't work out for him with Melo and Paul George, a prime Paul George, I should, I should say that. They lost to a young rookie, Donovan Mitchell, in the playoffs. Then they got the asses bust by Damian Lillard the following season. And then we see Russell Westbrook not being able to work out with a prime James Harden. And with everything accumulating up to this season, we see that he can't even work out with LeBron James and Anthony Davis just to make a play-in. So I know Kevin Durant's decision to go to Golden State was met with harsh criticism. But now in hindsight, we see that 
he was kind of correcting that assessment. Just the Russell Westbrook experience, it's not it's not tangible in the playoffs. When you got to value your possession and you want to win games, this guy is just not it. And he's proven it time and time again. Now, the only thing for KD, like Charles Barkley was saying earlier, he's going to have to win one kind of on his own to solidify himself among the other greats. But at the end of the day, going back to that decision to leave OKC, he primarily left Westbrook because OKC clearly was not going to kind of tamper Westbrook's game down because the following season after he left, we all saw what happened. They let Westbrook do him. They let him get the rebounds. They let him try to figure out when he has, you know, his little triple doubles. As we've seen him numerous times ask for his box score during the games to see how many more rebounds he needed to get to get that triple double. I mean, Jesus, he had Steven Adams just boxing out and letting Westbrook grab the rebound. So Oklahoma City, so Oklahoma City clearly let Westbrook do him. And that's not winnable basketball. So we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, Teron Lou, he's been proven to be a master expert on the pivoting and coming up with new schemes. So we'll see how that plays out. Until next time, you fellas stay safe. Peace.